We'll be seated if you can. You can stay standing if you want. I mean, it's probably won't be your typical Father's Day service or Father's Day message, but well, probably not in your typical church either. So it's all good. Hallelujah. So if you, have, if you haven't been coming on Wednesday nights, you need to get here Wednesday nights. Well, so how about this Wednesday, well, I'll talk, we're going to talk about spring up all well. How about that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Guys, you go ahead and just go ahead and bring, uh, Renslow, just bring, go ahead and bring that down here. Woo. Hallelujah. Woo. <laughs> Don't mind them. It's all good. Jesus I'm telling you when you call on him he answers I'm telling you you, if you call on him he answers hallelujah (laughs) something happens when you totally surrender your heart what you were what you were sensing in this place is 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 that's what the atmosphere of heaven is because heaven is full of people that are totally there's no there's no hindrance there's no you know a lot of times when we come into church and service we have hindrances we have we have things that are trying to block out the spout where the glory is supposed to come out and when you totally surrender your heart all of a sudden something yeah i used one years there you like that didn't you you know, so, so the thing is, is we have to be always, we have to be all in with God, all in with God. And when you, when you have that, what were you sense in this atmosphere? And you might be new here and said, this is kind of, what, what did, what did the day of Pentecost look like? And what did it sound like? Think about it. And people say, oh, well, you know, did it, does it really take all that? I'm not saying it takes all that, but I'm just saying it can be all that. And it's interesting that as Peter's standing up and preaching, and I believe it's Acts 2.38, 2.38, he says something, and this promise that you see and you hear. You, you saw it and you heard it and said, this promise, it would be for you. Now listen to this, your children, all those that are far away and all those that will believe on his name. So that means the thing I'm seeing and hearing, are we, does God still want people born again? Then that means the, the promise that they saw and they heard, it should be seen today. And if it's not, it's because religion has taught people out of it. Man, what has the enemy kept people back from because of religious thinking? I'm going to believe the word. I'm going to believe the word. See, this all comes down to desire. And this has been my assignment for the last several months, just connecting with what our founding pastor has ministered as the prophetic word for this house. 
mean 2023, the year of the maximum? The highest level attainable. To receive that, there has to be a word that comes forth first. That's why Second Chronicles 20 says, believe the prophet. Believe his word and you shall prosper. Meaning what I'm hearing from the prophet is what's going to bring success to my life. Jesus even said, if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you get a prophet's reward. Well, what would be the reward of a prophet? The word that he spoke from God, which is not his word, but it's God's heart. So everything has to begin and be established with the word. It produces a desire. So every time you leave a service on a Sunday, it should produce a desire for something. A desire for more. Maybe a desire to change. Paul told Timothy, he goes, you know, as a pastor, he goes, you are to to inspire. But a lot of people don't like this next one, rebuke or correct. Meaning something, as something's coming up out of the word of God, it should, empower, and it should give you a desire for more and greater. That's what the word of God is all about. That's the nature of God's word. Is it is to produce something. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And you can't separate faith and desire. And desire and faith. When Darcyville started this, this uh, prophetic word and, and he talked about how the sower sows the word and he talked about 30, 60, and 100 fold and how 100 fold represents maximum harvest. A couple weeks ago, he talked about not being confined and no limits. Last week, he talked about having sufficiency. So what happened in our hearts if we accept it? It gives us a desire. Wait a minute, that's what God wants for me. God doesn't want confinement in my life. He, he, wants, he wants me to break out beyond all borders. Now, it's interesting, though, with this 30, 60, and 100 fold. When Matthew was talking about this in Matthew 13, and he talks about when the seed is sown. Now, if you go early up in the parable and you look at Mark 4, Luke 8, and, um, and, and, and Matthew 13... It tells us what the seed is. The sower sows the word. Matthew 13 tells us how do we get maximum. It says when the seed is sown in the heart and it says someone hears it and they receive it in a good and honest heart. They are good ground. Then they bring forth 30, 60, and 100 fold. So week after week, what we're endeavoring to do, no matter who's ministering up here, is to get you to see maximum results. But it's coming from revelation from the word. When the word is sown. If you don't realize the word is living word, then you'll always settle for something that can't produce. And it'll just be a word. And you'll try to, you'll try to do it up here. You'll try to make sense of it up here. Instead of saying, wait a minute, Lord, you're doing something in here. I don't know what it is, Lord, but you're doing something in me. You know, six months before I got born again, I would visit my parents' church. And and it was a word of faith church. It was a spirit-filled Pentecostal church. and, And I was like, man, this is weird. 
But yet, when I was there, I experienced there was a life that I had, had known. It was a presence. I was like, Lord, what is here? And I realized it's his presence. And Lord, you're leading me. Why? Because you have something more for me. Same thing with my parents. They grew up in a denominational uh, background in, in a certain denomination. And, and I remember, um, you know, they, they got to a point where, where they just kept hitting a lid in their life and, and these same cycles. And all of a sudden, they, they, they went to this other church and it was like, wait a minute, we're hearing things. We've been saved for, you know, you know 25 years. And, but I'm hearing something. We're hearing something I've never heard before. And yet it's been here all along. So the word is what produces a desire in our lives. Go to Luke chapter 11. And I'm, this is actually the third section of this series I've been doing on desire. And this is, I'm going to continue talking about the Holy Spirit. You're like, you know, you have a Father's Day message. Well, I have a message from the Father. So what we're sharing today, this is to take us to the maximum. Now, a lot of times people will look and look at Jesus' message and the message that Jesus taught. And they'll say, oh, well, Jesus' message was love, tolerance, and acceptance. Well, he talked about love. But really, his message was the kingdom of God and repentance. But Jesus, how many people believe that if you're about to finish an assignment on your life, that your last message will be the most important message? Wouldn't you think your last message would be the most important message? And we looked at this a little bit last time, and we talked about John chapter 14, 15, and 16. He said, don't let your heart be troubled. Do you believe in God? Believe also in me and my Father's house for many mansions. And he goes on and he talks to them about the Holy Spirit. Brings up the Holy Spirit a lot in those last, those three chapters. But from what I gather, talking to other Christians, different denominations, different out in public, Very rarely do you hear anyone talk about the Holy Ghost. It's not, it's not something it's, it's like, okay, the Holy Spirit. Okay. We, we understand the Holy Spirit, but, but Jesus made a big deal with his last messages being about the Holy Spirit. What was he doing? He was depositing seed into the disciples and those that were following them and giving them a desire for what they would need to fulfill their destiny. So what I'm sharing with you today is going to be the keys, nuggets, just just a part, that's going to carry you to your destiny. 
Let's look at Luke chapter 11. In this chapter, we see Jesus praying. He tells them how to pray. And he goes in and he deals with, you keep on asking, seeking, and knocking. Verse 10 says, For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be open. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? Instead of give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then being evil... Now, this word evil here is not referring to what we would concern evil, demonic. This is not that. This, is, this just means natural. If you being a natural... By the way, happy Father's Day. <laughs> if you being evil, if you being natural, Kermit, you being natural, Father, you want to give good gifts to your children. And the word good gifts in this scripture means a treasure that exceeds. If you being a natural, Vic, if you being a natural father know how to give good gifts... Under your children. We'll say, how much more? If you being a natural father, can you turn me down a little bit? It's it's a a slight ring. If you being natural know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Say, how much more? more? Would the heavenly father give? The Holy Spirit. Me being natural and having four children. I want to see good gifts. Me being a pawpaw. Oh, I got the best t-shirt this morning. Said my my favorite people call me pawpaw. Me being a pawpaw, a father, want to... Give good gifts, a treasure that exceeds to my children. How much more would the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? But let me say something. You'll never ask if you never desire. If anyone asks in prayer, that's desire. It's desire. I don't know about you, but do you desire the, the gifts, the treasures that exceed? Do you desire those? And here Jesus is saying, he'll give the whole, he'll, my heavenly Father will give the Holy Spirit. Oh, just say, I thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is the difference maker. You go throughout, you go throughout the scriptures. I think of I think of I think it's Genesis forty one thirty eight and and it talks about Pharaoh, and Pharaoh goes to his people. He goes, "Is there any man, is there any man in the kingdom that has the spirit of God on him like Joseph?" Wait a minute, this is a ungodly man, but he goes, "Is there anyone in the kingdom that has the spirit of God on him like Joseph does?" 
In Daniel chapter 5, verse 14, I believe it is, he says, uh, it's the king, and goes and he goes, he goes, Daniel, I heard you have the Spirit of God on you, and you have wisdom, insight, and extraordinary knowledge. Moses required the Spirit of God in his life to fulfill his ministry. So much so that it was time for them to, to go forward and go into a different direction. God, he goes, God, he goes, God, don't take me there. He says, don't take me. If your presence isn't going with me, don't bring me up from here. I'd rather stay here in your presence because it's in your presence. It's your presence. It's your spirit that makes me distinguished. See, it's the Holy Spirit on a believer's life that makes you distinguished. Go to Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. Meaning, I need the Spirit of the Lord on my life so I can do what you've called me to do. I'm telling you, even foreign demonic gods even respected and had an awe for the Holy Spirit. You're like, what do you mean, Pastor? In 2 Samuel chapter 5. You have, they take, they take the, the Ark of the Covenant and they take the Ark and they place it in the, the temple of Dagon. And they, they place them there and, and, and they, they go to sleep and they, they come back out. They wake up the next morning and the statue is on his face. They pick him back up and, and, and they say, next day, they, they, go to, they go to sleep. They wake up the next day. I, I think it says, it fell over and its arms came off. Okay, they stood it up again. And the third time, I mean, third time's a charm. They're like, man, what is this? Then even they wake up the next morning, the head is gone. Why? Because there's something that is powerful about the spirit of God. And yet, and yet Jesus is teaching and he says, if, if you being natural know how to give a treasure that exceeds to your children, how much more would the heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit? Let's go to John 14. John 14. The Holy Spirit. I should say, Holy Spirit. Spirit. I mean, I should say, Holy Spirit. He's valuable. He is precious. John 14. Look at verse 15. He goes, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father... And he will give you another helper. Hmm. Another helper. Another here insinuates someone just like me. And he, I love how, now it tells us that he's not a, he's not a something. He's not an it. He's a person. He, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. I'm so glad that God is secure in his pronouns. (laughs) For he dwells with you and will be in you. Uh, Be in you? Wait a minute. Be in you? 
I'm telling you, if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life and you are filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you, you are wall-to-wall God on the inside. (laughs) Mm. Mm. Do you mean to go back to spring up a well? (laughs) Thank you, Father. A little while longer and the world will see me no more. And you will see me because I live, you will live also. At that day, you will know. What day is he referring to? When you receive the Holy Spirit. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, he says, you'll know that I'm in the Father and you are in me and I'm in you. Wow. Thank you, Lord. You know, the Spirit of God is in you. The Holy Spirit's in you. If you've received him. You're like, didn't I receive him when I got born again? Well, let me ask a question. And we're gonna, we'll get into this in other weeks, but just I feel like I need to sow the seed. If you received the Holy Spirit when you got born again, why did the Apostle Paul in Acts 19 tell the people he was talking to? He goes, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Yes. And they go, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. That's good. <laughs> so don't tell me that you received the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the fullness of the Holy Spirit the day you got born again. You didn't. And we'll, maybe we'll get into that in other weeks. But I, I want you to see here, it's like, it had, but it has to come from a desire. I, and say, just say this, I want more. You say, well, pastor, I'm already filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, Ephesians chapter 5 tells us that, that we should be full. They were already filled that we'd be filled with his fullness. Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled to the full with the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians three tells us that we are the temple of God, man. And the Holy spirit dwells in us. Wow. And look to your neighbor and say, man, look at this temple. Say, say, and, and say, say, I'm filled with God. First Corinthians six says, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which you have of God and you are not your own. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is of God and you are not your own. Now look to your other side and say, Hey, this isn't mine. It's God's. You're receiving something this morning. Thank you, Father. The Holy Spirit. I just wrote some things down and, and just the Holy Spirit is in Scripture. I'll just go through these. Don't You can go back and listen to these, but I'm not going to give you, can't give you Scripture references for each one of them right now for the sake of time. But it says, He is the promise of the Father. He is the gift to the believer. He is the Spirit of God. He's a Spirit of life. He's a Spirit of truth. He's a spirit of grace. He's a spirit of glory. 
He is the spirit of wisdom and understanding. He's a spirit of counsel, might, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. He is the voice of God. He's a comforter. He's a teacher. He's a witness. He's an advocate. He's the helper. He is peace. He is the quality, character, and ability of God. He's the sanctifier, and he is the believer's inheritance. That's why it's a treasure that exceeds. Let's go to John 16. And I said, I'm just kind of laying some foundational things. Because ultimately what I want deposited in this section of desire is for us to see that the Holy Spirit is what, gives us, is what brings us to fruitfulness. The Holy Spirit brings us to fullness. And the Holy Spirit will bring us to fulfillment. I will not be fruitful. I will not operate in fullness. And I will not, not have fulfillment if I don't understand the role of the Holy Spirit in my life. And this isn't just a, a church thing. This is, this is being fruitful, full, and fulfilled as a father, as a husband, as a business owner. How you operate your finances. How you love one another. How you serve your employee. All this is found in understanding this treasure that exceeds, which is the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of you. Look at John 16. Now, let me ask you a question. When Jesus walked the earth, did he tell us everything that we needed to know? Now, there's some people I've heard is, hey, Jesus has given us everything that we need to know. If we just follow the teachings of Jesus, then we'll have everything that we need to succeed. A lot of truth in that. But I want, I want to show a scripture to you that Jesus even said... I can't even share everything with you. Look at John 16, verse 5, starting with verse 5. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you asked me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. This is to your advantage. Why would we, why would Christians around the world want to neglect a gift? Because Jesus even said, I've got to leave. You know, people say, oh, I just wish Jesus was still walking in the earth. He is through you. He still is. He, he walked through the churches in, in, in book of Revelations. But Jesus said, he's the one that said, I've got to go away because if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit can't come. Meaning, you've got to have this gift. You've got to have this treasure. If you don't have this treasure, you will, you will always hit a lid in your life. If you don't have this tr- treasure, you'll always come up just a little bit short. If you don't have this treasure, is, this is to your advantage. I wonder what the Father thinks throughout the earth today about people saying, talking bad about the Holy Spirit or saying he's not for today. His work's passed away. I, I remember uh, my mom. Well, happy Father's Day, Dad and Mom. Years ago, I, I don't remember how old it was, but my mom got me this gift. And, um, and it was something that was sentimental to her. 
something that she put a lot of thought in. And as being a selfish teenager that I was, we don't have any of those in here, do we? Nah. We don't have any adults like that, do we? Um, But she gave this gift, and at the time, me being a selfish teenager consumed with self, you know, had the gift. Oh, thanks, Mom. Put it in my drawer. During those moments where, you know, clean your room. I cleaned my room, and this is probably a year after, got it getting this sentimental gift that she spent time in prayer about. And, uh, you know, I was cleaning my room, and I was like, ah, oh, threw it in the trash. Well, my mom came up to my room because, you know, got to inspect. And she sees it in the trash. She started crying. I kind of, and I didn't know why she, I thought it was something else. But then I realized it was because I threw away something that was valuable to her that she took time to give to me. What gifts have we neglected because we didn't think they were important as other people thought they were? I will give this testimony. A year after I got saved, born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, I found the gift that she had given me in a a town because it 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 was like a rare thing. And I found it. This is a little bookstore in a small, in a small bookstore in a town called Berlin, Maryland. It's where they filmed *Runaway Bride*. And I went in there and I saw the gift, and I bought it, and I wrote in it like she had written in it for me, and I gave it to her for Christmas. I don't know why I'm telling the story, but because because when she cried at that moment. Now I actually knew how much she spent investing in and how sentimental that gift was. How much do we neglect the gifts that God has given? Maybe just because we don't understand it? Or someone told us, ah, it's this or it's that. How dare anyone... Talk us out of what God's provided for us. How how dare us not think that God would want to prosper the believer. He he became poor so that by his poverty we might become rich. Why we say, oh, well, you know, the Holy Spirit, he's, you know, yeah, we have the Holy Spirit, but uh, this, this, and this. I'm telling you, do not. Give me your religion if you have not had an experience with him. I'm telling you, experience will always settle an argument. Yes, sir. That's it. That's it. That's it. Glory to God. Our tongues for today? Yes. And we're going to talk about that. Do you want to hear some? That's, that's, I'm not, it's not to be a show. I'm just saying, 
You have to understand these are gifts that were to cause the church to rise. The Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. I think it's verse 12. It says, I still have, now listen to this, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. So don't say Jesus taught us everything. Hey, when he walked the earth and through all his teachings and parables, he gave us everything we needed to know. This tells me otherwise. I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. Meaning the Holy Spirit is going to reveal some things to you that I wanted to share with you all along. But I've got to go so he can come to, get, to give you some other insights that I was not able to give you in these three and a half years. I'm telling you, you coming to church, you pulling on the word of God has everything to do with what everyone hears. And you say, well, that doesn't, you, you should pray and you should seek the Lord. I, I will and I do. If that was the case, Paul said the same thing. He goes, I have more things to share with you. He said, but I can't share them with you because you're carnal. How many times has a minister had to hit a ceiling in a service because the people are carnal and they can't release everything that God wants to release in a service? Why? Because the Holy Spirit was going to speak through Paul. The Holy Spirit was going to speak through the believer. He'll guide us into all truth. One of the probably my top five series that Dr. Savelle ministered, I'm not saying this because he's here, was a series called The Holy Spirit in You Will Get You Through. The Spirit of God. You need this gift. Jesus required the Holy Spirit. Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with Holy Ghost and power. Who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will be not in, just in us, but with us, with us, but be in us. And Jesus said he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. Jesus anointed us with the Holy Ghost and power. I, I, I want you to get an understanding that Jesus didn't do the things he did just because he was Jesus. But because he had this living, breathing, constant relationship with the Father and the Holy Spirit upon his life. That's why, that's why when he went into the wilderness and he was able to defeat temptation. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was upon him. Why could he sleep in the back of a boat when in the middle of the storm? Why? Because he knew the Holy Spirit was with him. Why could he do that? Because he told the disciples by the Holy Spirit, hey, we're going to go to the other side. 
Why did he say, hey, we have, we have a need to go through Samaria? What told him that? It was the Holy Spirit. See, he's a gift on the inside of us to bring fruitfulness, fullness, and fulfillment to our lives. Say this, I desire this gift. You have time for a couple more scriptures? Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Second Corinthians chapter four. Thank you, Lord. Let's start in verse six. Just lost my place. Thank you, Father. Verse 6 says, For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. What is he referring to here? Creation. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And, it's, and when he said, Light be, and it said, The Spirit of God hovered upon the face of the deep. And when God said, Light be, light became. What, what happened? God commanded light to shine out of darkness. What was the light? It was the Holy Ghost. God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. Now, was this, who has shown in our hearts. Now, get this. Get this. The same Holy Spirit that made everything you see, the creative power of God that, that caused darkness to no longer be darkness. Light be. That same power that, that com- he commanded light to shine out of darkness. It says it has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of gl- glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we, say we. we. It says we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. So that same light that he commanded out of darkness and he spoke it in everything into being. That same spirit. That same spirit that's shown in our hearts. That same spirit. But we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. That the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Now, this is what I want you to to close out of my assignment this morning. It's the Holy Spirit. The gift from God is what's going to get you through. Say that with me. The Holy Spirit. Is going to get me through. The next verse says, We are hard pressed on every side, yet we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're struck down, and we're not destroyed. How could Paul say that? Because Paul said, hey, we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. That the excellence and power of God may be of him and not of us. And then he says, hey, yeah, we're trouble on every side, but I'm not going to win. Why? Because I have the Holy Spirit in me. 
I may know exactly what to do next, but I have the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. Yes, I may be pressing into wisdom right now for what I need to do next, but hey, I've got the Holy Spirit that is a treasure in an earthen vessel. Yes, I have people persecuting me. I have people coming against me. Hey, but I have a treasure in an earthen vessel. Yes, I know. I know that, yes, I just received a report from the doctor. Yes, I know things are coming around, coming against me in all different ways, but hey, I have a treasure in an earthen vessel that the excellence, the power of God may be of him and not of me. You see, this gift is way, it's way beyond just saying, hey, we're a, you know, we're a Pentecostal church or we, we believe in the Holy Spirit. No, this is a treasure in me. This is a treasure in me. This is, I'm wall-to-wall God on the inside. There's nothing I can't do because of God on the inside of me. Let's not neglect this gift. Close with this, Romans 15. Go ahead and stand to your feet. verse 11 actually verse 10 it says it says and again he says rejoice o gentiles with his people and again praise the lord all you gentiles laud him all you people and again isaiah says there shall be a root of jesse and he who shall rise to reign over the gentiles in him shall the gentiles hope are you grateful for jesus And it says, now, now that you have received Jesus, we're hoping in this Jesus. He goes, now, now that you are saved, now that you're rejoicing in what God has done, now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Abound in hope. We have hope. You can have hope. The Holy Spirit is a giver of hope. This gift that Jesus gave, when they were all frustrated, he said, hey, don't don't worry. Don't worry. Don't fret. Yeah, I'm going away. But don't fret. The very closing of John, John 16 and close out these three chapters, he goes, yeah, in the world you're going to have tribulation. You will. He said, but be of good courage. I have overcome them for you. Amplify says, I have deprived of its power to harm you. Why? Because Jesus took the time to talk about abiding in him, abiding in God, abiding in the word, talking about loving one another. He was talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, I thank you 
for sending the promise of the Father. Precious Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help us to learn to honor you, value you, Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being a treasure that exceeds. Thank you. Because of you, Holy Spirit, we have hope today. Holy Spirit, because of you, when the enemy is surrounding us, you're our helper, you're our standby. When people have done us wrong or we may have lost loved ones. Holy Spirit, you're our comforter. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We thank you for this precious gift. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us about you. Lord, I just thank you just for the peace of God that's in this place. As I close out this message today, I thank you that they will have the strength to overcome. They'll have the the determination to not give up. That having done all to stand, that they'll be able to stand. Because the Holy Spirit that's a treasure on the inside of them. I declare they're victorious. I declare that the enemy is under their feet. I declare that they're blessed coming in and they're blessed going out. I declare that they're victorious over every circumstance in every situation. I thank you that they're fully equipped and fully supplied. Because they have this gift of the Holy Ghost. So Holy Spirit, help us as we continue to learn this in the weeks to come. That we'll operate and live a life that's totally submitted to the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. You receive that word. Hallelujah. Thank you. Give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah.